This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for the Volunteering South Hotspot. Yeah, we keep the focus on volunteering going this morning with our conversation. This morning with uh, Jonathan Quayoth, manager of our Dunedin Midwinter Carnival. Uh, Morena, lovely to have you with us, Jonathan. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, we look forward to this carnival every year, and perhaps, perhaps because of the circumstances of last year, this one's just got a bit of a special glow about it. It does indeed, yeah. It's really good to be back in the, uh, the centre of the octagon again and uh, celebrating en masse. There's a huge effort to put something like this together. Uh, we've seen, I think, in the past upwards of 10,000 people come into the centre of the city for this festival and uh, that takes a bit of management, right? That's uh, your key responsibility. Um, so let's talk about the volunteer effort because uh, it begins a long way back from any festival, doesn't it? In fact, pretty much you get one over and done with it and it starts again. Yeah, I, I think that's true. The planning certainly starts straight away. Um a lot of the uh, lantern making starts two to three months, in earnest, two to three months out um, to get those giant lanterns up to speed. And of course, we start recruiting for volunteers um, pretty early on as well. We had uh, some conversations about that pre-Christmas, I think, on this show. So, And that was in the lead up to, of course, the, the lantern making workshops, which are so uh, popular. They are sold out. <laughs> and booked out again yes, for again. this year. Yes, uh, We were speaking with uh, your volunteer um, uh, coordinator, Leighton, on yes. the program. Yes. Uh, a little bit ahead of that. Uh, how did you go with getting the volunteers you needed to make those workshops work? Great. So um, as, you, as you mentioned, the Lantern workshops were fully booked and we have a full staff of volunteers helping out with those. So they're going really well at the moment. So that's one example. And that's a, a critical element to it, isn't it? Oh, it is. Crucial, and a, and yeah. a, the volunteers involved with that, I'm sure, uh, derive a lot of fun and pleasure from uh, from spending time with families because it's very much a family event. It is. Uh, it's a very all. creative role as well, of course. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're helping kids make those Lanterns and the kids get a lot of satisfaction out of it, as do the volunteers. Um, I'm not going to try and spoil things too much because I know you'll be caref- carefully guarding some secrets, but but what can you tell us about the character of the festival uh, this year and the Lanterns? Well, the theme is a moonlit garden, um, so there'll be a lot of um, plants, animals, insects, birds, um, all kinds of natural elements in the in terms of the lanterns that are being made. I've had the privilege of walking through the warehouse quite a few times over the last few weeks where people are making some of the new giant lanterns and I, I can promise that they will be absolutely amazing. Can't wait for that. So, um, volunteer effort, of course, needed on the night very much too. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the roles there that there are for volunteers Jonathan? Sure, yeah. So at the moment we're still looking for more volunteers. We have a good um, roster so far, but we are looking for more, particularly in the areas of procession guides, giant lantern bearers and crowd safety officers. So I might just talk a little bit about each of those roles, if that's all right. The procession guides help to assemble the procession, which is a massive task that happens on the first church site, and then they walk with the procession just to keep everything um, in good order. The giant lantern bearers, of course, carry our our magnificent giant lanterns, which is a terrific role. And the crowd safety officers have various tasks just to keep... um, It's actually 20,000 people plus that that show up for it. So we do need a lot of people just to help manage the crowd and and keep everything in in good order. 
and in terms of you know any kind of particular skill or experience, uh, probably not too much needed except uh, a good calm head and um, and, yeah. and and an ability to kind of take on board the very carefully the important instructions because from a health and safety perspective and everything like that, it's very important to get all that stuff right. That's right, and we do have a lot of coordinators or people in coordinating roles who've done it many times before. So there's a lot of expertise in the carnival staff, and many of our volunteers have also done it before. Um, so there's a lot of support for people who come along for the first time and just want to join in out of um, love of the event. For those who are thinking of uh, coming along on the night, uh, not in a voluntary capacity, but just to, to enjoy the event, um, what would you say is the best way to make sure that you do enjoy the, uh, the evening in a safe way uh, with others and sharing the street with others because it's uh, it is something we need to be mindful of isn't it there's road closures and so forth going on that's right it's really just a matter of um, paying attention to the road closure signs Um, there's a lot of no parking signs or five minute parking signs which limit the amount of parking people can do so just respecting those um, and then just following the instructions of the marshals on the night is really all people need to do to enjoy it safely june 26th is the date it is have you got a long-range weather forecast? <laughs> it's looking pretty good at the moment. <laughs> and it usually is, so fingers crossed. Of course, we can do it on the 27th if need be, so there is a postponement plan. If uh, if someone's interested in, in helping out in some way, Jonathan, what is the best way for them to get in touch with the Carnival to uh, discuss what might be possible? The best way is to email our volunteer coordinator on volunteer.midwinter at gmail.com. Uh, but people could also uh, log on to the Midwinter Carnival website and have a look at the volunteering tab there and get in touch with us that way. And also Volunteer South um, does a lot of volunteer support for us, so we can be accessed through the Volunteer South website as well. I guess the sooner you do that, the better. It helps with planning. It's a, it's a major task for you, Jonathan, Absolutely. to get all those jigsaw puzzles uh, pieces in the right place. So uh, for those who just want to get in the, in the mood of it a little, there of course there are some wonderful lanterns already on display around the city uh, in one of our malls. Tell us about that. Yes, so Meridian Mall, which is a, a major sponsor of the carnival, have uh, some lovely displays in the mall there um, in the escalator wells so people can go into the Meridian and have a look at some of the lanterns from previous years. And there's also a small display in the Otago Museum. In the, the longer term, I know there's been... Uh, a lot of effort put in to preserve some of those magnificent pieces of, of art really aren't they the, the, the giant lanterns that are made and and as more of them are made and there becomes a need to make sure that they're stored properly I know that that's been a, an ongoing issue for the festival bring us up to date with where you're at in terms of being able to to um, maintain and look after those giant lanterns well the carnival hires its own warehouse in um, Caversham and there's enough room there to store them all. There's quite a lot of effort that goes in behind the scenes to repair them after each carnival, and they're all the lantern makers are always updating their techniques, so they've incorporated a stronger material this year to ensure that there are fewer breakages, fewer people putting their finger through the, the tissue and that sort of thing. So I'd say it's pretty much a constant effort to keep all the lanterns in, in good nick. Um, and storage is always a challenge, but we do have enough room in the warehouse at the moment just. <laughs> and you've found creative ways to um, let us 
share some space with those works at other times of the year too. That's right, uh, the Summer Lights Summer Lights period. Yeah, which is always hugely popular, and that's a way that people can get to look at the lanterns up close and for a longer period of time than they would in the midwinter carnival. We've been talking, Jonathan, about um, sort of the hands-on volunteer uh, effort that goes into this, um, you know, the marshalling on the night, the construction of uh, the lanterns. What about an, ad, an administrative level? Um, are there, is there a trust that's involved here? And is there any other um, way in which people can make a, a contribution in that regard? Well, there is a trust, um, a charitable trust, the um, Dunedin Midwinter Celebrations Trust, which manages the organisation overall. Uh, and there's a small staff, um, which is partly paid, that works before the carnival um, just to get everything in place for the actual carnival night. Um, so people could always get in, tr- in touch with the carnival if they're interested in being part of the trust or, or in being part of that team. Yeah, so as and when uh, membership rolls over, as it inevitably does within organisations, it might be someone who's um, thinking, actually, you know, this is, a, this is an event that I've really appreciated and my family's really appreciated. There might be some skills that I might be able to offer to keep uh, the effort going because I imagine uh, it's logistically a, a very uh, challenging event to put on. Uh, and also potentially a quite expensive event to put on. You'll have support uh, on an ongoing basis, but also from year to year you're searching for whatever you need to make sure that this event is retained by the city. Absolutely, yeah, it is a, it is a massive event, you're quite right. Um, and th- there is a, a constant pressure, I think, to keep the funding up and to make sure that there's enough resources to make the event as spectacular as we really want it to be. It's also growing each year, so that presents challenges too, just to make sure that the growth is supported and funded. It's going to be an interesting uh, festival. I have a, a sense that it's going to be even more magical than usual. We've seen festivals back to back in Aotearoa and even already right through the course of the year, incredibly well supported by the people of the city. And I don't know, there's something about the circumstances of last year perhaps that have said to people, hey, we are so lucky to be able to gather in spaces like this. Uh, we are so lucky to be able to create uh, and work and support our creative sector as well. So maybe this one just might be the most special of them all. Let's hope so. 26th of June it is. Um, just remind us again, uh, Jonathan, if someone uh, listening has enjoyed the festival over the the past few years and maybe thinks that they would like to offer something to make sure that it does go smoothly, what's the best thing to do? To get in touch with our volunteer coordinator on volunteer.midwinter at gmail.com or check the volunteer tab on the Midwinter Carnival website. Fantastic. Jonathan, all the very best for the carnival. Looking forward to it so much and thanks for taking some time to join us for our Volunteer South Hotspot. Thanks Jeff. Pleasure. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.